the teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Looks like we're going to be covering some interesting new ground today, Tom. Well, you know, with so much energy and attention these days on masculine and feminine roles and the various combinations thereof, it just felt like the time was right to look at this from the Ascended Master point of view. And frankly, I don't know if any of this is really new, but I do suspect that it's something most people do not routinely talk about. And of course, we hope that you find it interesting. We always want that. Yes, we do. <laughs> so this topic we want to address today is, and if you can imagine a little drum roll here. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> the feminine aspect of God. Quite right. God as mother. For any of you who may have read the promo for today's program, you noticed that we gave it a slightly provocative title, Our Mother Who Art in Heaven. And that uh, this gives a distinctly different spin to the Lord's Prayer, doesn't it? Well, it certainly does. And we sincerely hope that this spin seems neither facetious nor disrespectful to anyone listening today. We assure you that we are sincere in this focus on God as Mother, and that this concept is quite in line and in keeping with the Center Master teachings and cosmic law. God's mind and reality encompass the universe, including its polarities, such as masculine and feminine. In the wholeness of our beings, it, in the wholeness of our beings is both the yin and yang of our potential, the alpha and omega of our beings, the balance that we see in the symbol of the Tai Chi, for example. In other words, God contains both the energies of father and the energies of mother. Well, that's right, Terry. You know, each expression unlocks its polar opposite in complete cosmic balance and harmony. This perfectly balanced reality in God's being is also reflected and manifested in our own beings or at least in the potential that we possess. As we all know, the masculine and feminine polarities within us can sometimes become blurred, upsetting the natural balance of energies and creating confusion and uncertain identity. Well, and as we say this, we wish to assure everyone that there is no judgment being expressed or implied here. Here's the point. Just as God has both masculine and feminine energies in perfect balance, so we too contain both masculine and feminine energies that have the potential to be balanced as well. In God, these balanced energetic polarities are expressed as alpha and omega, the father and the mother, each unlocking and magnetizing the other in a very circular, holistic manner. You know, many of us have been taught to acknowledge God as father, which is quite proper and appropriate, but seldom do we also acknowledge God as mother. We know what kinds of issues we might naturally bring to our Heavenly Father, but imagine the difference in our attitudes when we approach God as Mother. We might begin praying in a whole new way, for example, depending upon which aspect of God we choose to appeal to. Sure. You know, most of us naturally speak quite differently to each of our own parents. One approach for Father, a different approach for Mother. The same would hold true for speaking to God. We speak a certain way to him when we perceive him as father and with a different tone when we appeal to him as mother. Today, many people feel alienated from the father and mother energies of God 
because in their earthly lives, these principles have become so weighted down with misunderstanding, rebellion, and negative energies of all kinds. In too many homes and in too many relationships, honoring and respecting the principal roles of father and mother is almost non-existent. Yeah, family roles become more and more confused, authority can be ignored or abused, and sadly, these conditions are carried forward when the children reach adulthood and act in the same way, based on the examples they were exposed to as children. And this can be a vicious circle. But the way to heal these negative spirals and alienation from our earthly mothers and fathers is to reignite the reverence for these same principles in God. And in reigniting this reverence, it doesn't mean that mothers align only with the mother principle of God and fathers with the principal father. We all must appeal to the wholeness of God, that place of perfect spiritual balance, the cosmic yin-yang, alpha, and omega. Yep. Men as well as women must exalt the mother principle because we are all seeking that balance of father and mother. Well, that's right. Men ought to pray to mother just as naturally as women pray to father. Yeah, and in the fusion of these two, we would we would have happy, harmonious, healthy families and offspring, healthy communities, healthy states and nations. It all begins with returning to the essential harmony and balance of the father and mother principles within ourselves. You know, and really, this is the basis of modern psychology. It is our schism and our problems dealing with earthly mothers and fathers that generate in us this alienation from God the Father and God the Mother. Our souls are hungry to have this essential balance restored and have our consciousness refocused on the true harmony of our beings. And that's right. You know, it begins with a conscious choice to acknowledge both sides of our natures. And if we're not used to this, it might take a little practice to address God in the true wholeness of her being. You know, Terry, as we are talking about this, I'm reminded of the sign of the cross, that most basic of spiritual observances. Yes, you know, traditionally when we cross ourselves, as we say, there are four cardinal points that we touch. The crown, the solar plexus, and across our heart chakra from left to right, or maybe right to left in some orthodox traditions. Anyway, there are four points. Yes, and yet while touching these four points, we typically recite only three aspects of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which most of us know as the Holy Trinity, the masculine elements of God. Well, it seems like there's room for a fourth aspect. Well, yes, indeed. According to the Ascended Masters, and certainly in line with what we've been talking about since we began today's program, there are four aspects of God. There's the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Mother. As we define these four aspects, listen for how well they correlate with our earthly experience and relationships. We understand the meaning of God the Father as fire, as the fiery dispensations of the law, and the fiery discipline of the law, and the cracking of the whip (laughs) of cosmic consciousness. Yeah, and we understand the meaning of the Son as the Word, the inner logos, the communication of the essence of the Father, the understanding, the wisdom. In Jesus' parables, for example, we remember the mind of Christ teaching us the meaning of the Word within, our divine potential. And in this consciousness of the Son... We begin to touch and to move and to feel and then to become one with the universal Christ. Mother, then, is is the great love, and from the womb of mother comes all life. This is what we know we must ensoul in our emotional body. We experience mother in every feeling that is pure. And to wrap it all up, the Holy Spirit infuses matter and all the physical plane with life. So the Father is discipline, fire, and creative power. The mother is love, receptive, the womb of life. The Son is the Word, the understanding of the Christ, divine potential, and the Holy Spirit is the fusion of Father, Mother, and Son, the breath of life, and the light of cosmic consciousness. And this is the reality you tap into whenever you make the sign of the cross. 
particularly when you acknowledge all four aspects of God, Father, Mother, Son, and Holy Spirit. (laughs) And lest we forget, this concept of the Son of God acknowledges implicitly the co-equality of sons and daughters of God. (laughs) We can't be too careful when it comes to opening the doors of our consciousness to the reality of God. All are included. All are welcome to enter in. For those of you who have been with us for a while, you may remember that we've spoken before of the threefold flame that burns in the secret chamber of our hearts. That's right. This flame is the point of divinity within us, the point of the realization of the masculine element of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The feminine point of contact within is the soul. The soul is our opportunity to realize God. The soul is that substance of identity that has come forth out of spirit. Well, think of it this way. The soul in man and woman represents the feminine principle. The spirit or the I am presence is the masculine principle. The spirit is the positive polarity of God. The soul is the negative polarity. This is the Tai Chi of God. Now, when you bring this concept down to the very personal human level, you begin to understand how the family is intended to outpicture the reality of the Trinity and the mother. The union of man and woman is intended to bear, as the fruit of that union, the Christ consciousness and the offspring. The Father-Mother God brings forth the Son, the Word, all infused and united in and by the Holy Spirit. This is the wholeness we seek. Now, is the family the only way to find wholeness? No. One may choose to find wholeness within oneself through the polarity of Alpha and Omega that God has placed within each one of us. Or one may choose to find that wholeness in the love experience of man and woman sharing the same goal of creation of life. And the ultimate goal of life is the ascension returning at long last to the heart of the Father-Mother God, having passed enough of our tests and initiations to make the final grade. When we began today's program, (laughs) I wasn't sure where it would take us, but I think it's now fairly clear that this concept of God as mother and the fundamental understanding of the masculine and feminine polarities of God is absolutely essential for all of us as we navigate through the choices and challenges of modern life. And you're not kidding. You know, without these concepts as our bearings, it's easy to get lost and sometimes so terribly hard to find our way back home. You know, I think we have plenty to talk about on this subject with Sid Bennett later on in the program, but for now it's time to take a short break. When we return, we will hear an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet titled God as Mother, in which she discusses the feminine aspect of God, the mother flame, Kundalini, and the divine feminine. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path 
with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And here's a question. Can God be both masculine and feminine? What is the role of soul and spirit in the quest for wholeness, harmony, and joy? And what is the best way to handle the sacred fire from which life is created? In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet examines these and other topics. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Would you tell us what you mean when you talk about God as mother? Ever since I can remember... I had a feeling that God was both my father and my mother. Ever since I was a little child, I had the sense of being comfortable in the arms of this father-mother God. As I grew older, I began to study the religions of the East and to realize that for centuries the Hindus have spoken of the world mother. And I remember the first day I heard the word world mother and I had a sense that our earth was enfolded by a very real presence that could be described as a world mother, as a world consciousness, and as a world energy. Since I was not raised Catholic, I had not the understanding of the devotion to Mary, and so I sought this in later years. And I saw very clearly that Mary, as the mother of Jesus, realize something very special about God as mother. And I thought she must have had a very unique attunement with God as mother because her concept of mother enabled her to bring forth the Christ. One day I was looking at her name, and it was no longer Mary, but it just popped out to me as Ma Ray, the Ray of the Mother. I saw Mary then as the instrument of God as mother, and I began to meditate on that mother energy, and then I came to realize that the mother energy is really a flame, and the Hindus describe it as the energy that is locked at the base of the spine chakra. It is called the Kundalini, or the goddess Kundalini, and they view it as a feminine principle, a feminine energy. I began to wonder how this energy could be unlocked. And I thought to myself that this energy truly must be in polarity with God as Father. I remembered hearing the concept of Mary as being the bride of the Holy Spirit. And then I thought of the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I realized that Mother was the aspect of God that unlocks the energies of Father and that the reverse was also true, that the presence of Father would release in us the energy of Mother. So then it came to me that if I would meditate upon God as the masculine principle, that that masculine principle 
intensifying in my life, would magnetize the feminine. And that if I would meditate upon the feminine, that the presence of the feminine principle would magnify the masculine. And I began to meditate upon Confucius' concept of the Tao, the Tai Chi, of all things being in the circle of energy of the plus and the minus, the alpha, the omega. And I saw this energy as God present within us all. The more I would meditate upon this energy, the more I would feel the wholeness of the presence of the Father-Mother God. And then I realized as I studied the world's religions that mankind have been given the teachings of God in stages, in cycles. For 2,000 years we have been given an understanding of God as the Son, and we have come to understand God through the person of Jesus Prior to that, Moses revealed God as Father, as the lawgiver, as the very personal representative of the law. We are finding in this 2,000-year period that is beginning a tremendous awakening to the energies of the Holy Spirit. People are calling upon the name of the Lord, and they are asking God to infill them with that Holy Spirit. This presents a rounding out of the Trinity realized in the consciousness of mankind over several thousand years. Meantime, in the East, the meditation upon that trinity has been on Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva through many different incarnations of God. All of this bringing us to the climax of realization in the Aquarian age, which is destined to be the age of the rise of God as mother or the rise of the feminine principle. We see this in social movements and in upheaval. We see women demanding rights. We see the feminist movement. We see women all over the world coming into their own after thousands of years of not realizing their true identity in a world dominated by the masculine ray. Now I realize that our devotion to God as mother will create the balance in the individual and in our civilization that is necessary for this alchemy of self-transformation. And so through all of this wondering and this meditating on God and this discovering, I have decided then that my calling must be to expand the flame of God as mother so that everyone on earth could do the same, so that woman could realize her role, and so that man could realize his role in this perfect balance of the divine union. What role does the mother play in man? I've heard you talk about the divine feminine. What do you mean by that? That's a very important question. All of us have within us that point of divinity that is the threefold flame in the heart. And that, we know, is the point of realization of the masculine elements of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, all of us also have a feminine point of contact, and that point of contact is the soul the soul potential of being. What is the soul? The soul is that substance of identity which has come forth out of spirit or out of the I am that I am. The soul then is the negative polarity of the positive polarity of God as spirit. The soul is our opportunity to realize God. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. 
But the Gita says, Never the spirit was born, the spirit shall cease to be never. We find that there is a permanent atom of being, which is spirit. There is a non-permanent atom of self, which can become permanent through the reuniting with that self that is spirit. So the soul is our consciousness here on earth, here evolving in time and space. And in terms of the polarity of being, the soul in man and woman represents the feminine principle. And in terms of that polarity, the spirit, or the I am presence, which we've been talking about, always is the polarity of the masculine. So everybody is both masculine and feminine at the same time. We are all masculine and feminine in potential. And whether we are male or female in this incarnation, the goal of life is to balance these forces. And when we balance these forces within ourselves, we then are able to become one with the cosmos, one with the whole. Sounds like you're talking about a holy family. Well, when you put the two together, when you have the balance of the spirit of the living God and the soul in union with that spirit, the fruit of the union is the birth of the Christ consciousness. Well, today there seems to be a great deal of attack on the family. How would you explain that in light of what you just talked about? Well, it's interesting now that we're in Gemini, the sign of twins, and I always think of the Gemini twins as the twins of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Alpha and Omega are simply synonymous terms for the father-mother-god, the masculine-feminine polarity of the cosmos. We find that this whole is the source of harmony, joy, bliss, cosmic consciousness, and happiness. Whenever we are outside of this whole, we find depression, degeneration, darkness, death, disease. Wholeness is the key to the joy of life. And the resolution of this wholeness becomes the quest. Now we seek that wholeness in finding the perfect union with someone outside of ourselves to whom we can share our life. And so the inner wholeness is designed to be reflected in the outer manifestation of the love that we find on earth between man and woman. So marriage of man and woman, is intended to bear as the fruit of that union the Christ consciousness in the offspring. The holy family, which was illustrated by Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, is the example of the Trinity manifest in the persons who play the roles of the various aspects of the Trinity and of the Mother. Family life, then, is the foundation not only of the Piscean Age, but of the Aquarian Age. And the destruction of the family is the attack against these twin flames of Gemini, of the wholeness of the Father-Mother God. If this force field of our consciousness can be destroyed, then we are left separated and incomplete beings. And so we need to guard the family, and we need to realize that the family becomes a crucible for the testing of our souls on the path of initiation. Does this mean that one can't find wholeness outside of the family? No, it means that one may choose to find wholeness within oneself through the polarity that God has placed within being, or one may choose to find that wholeness in the love experience of man and woman having together the goal of creation in life. How would you relate these matters to the dilemma of young people today in deciding how to live their lives in regard to love and family and so forth? Well, I think everyone needs to realize that in addition to creating the soul and the spirit 
as points of identity that God has given to us, each one a twin flame, a counterpart. Twin flames have been in existence ever since the beginning, and so this divine polarity is always present. Everyone who is listening can know, then, that somewhere in the cosmos is the other half of that whole that represents the Father-Mother God. All life, then, is a series of initiations whereby we are walking the path with Christ and Buddha to return to that wholeness which we share with someone somewhere. In the interim, in the balancing of our karma and moving in the cycles of life, we may marry, we may have relationships which are beautiful and fulfilling, but are not the ultimate relationship. Thus, God has ordained marriage as the matrix for the working out of this polarity of being. I would tell young people then that it is important to realize that the bringing forth of the Christ consciousness, whether in children or in a creative work, in a career, or in something that becomes the dedication of one's life, is the purpose of this energy which we are given this creative life force. Thank you very much for some very interesting instruction. Well, I have to say amen to that. <laughs> Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We are back and happy to welcome Sidney Bennett once again for a little give and take on the subject of God as Mother. And probably a few surprises. Hi, Sid. Hi, Hi, Sid. (laughs) You know, before we get into this, I got to say, because I was feeling this in my heart, um, that first segment that we did, um, 
in retrospect, felt kind of dense to me a little bit. I think it's a this is a very meaty subject, and for a while there, I felt like I was swimming in peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're kind of used to it, you know. I mean, we've been yeah. around this concept for a while, and so... Yeah. But that was the take you were getting on it. Well, I just was feeling it because I think that it is a subject that for most of us, we don't discuss it. We don't talk about it. It's not something certainly in the West that we have a great deal of concourse about. But here it is. God is mother. And, and you know, I was just let me just throw this in. I sure. was thinking that that people are used to crossing themselves and saying in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All they have to do is add in and in the name of the mother. Sure. Or they can go in in the name of the Father, the Mother, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So either way works. It does, you know, and uh, <coughs> try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, to uh, hopefully extend the analogy, one more step here. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Um, you know, acknowledging God as mother seems to be an essential key to creating balanced, harmonious families and communities, probably nations for that matter. Would you agree? You know, isn't it a nice thought? I mean, who doesn't love mother? Yeah. You know, the concept yeah. of mother. Even if it's just Mother Earth, it's nurturing, it's caring, it's loving. And, you know, I, like Mrs. Prophet, I was brought up in a Protestant church, so I didn't have the privilege of understanding the role of Mother Mary, mm-hmm. nor of understanding the power of the rosary, which is devotion to the Mother Flame, to the Ma Ray. And so it really is a nice thought, and I think it's a very comforting thought to think that this aspect of God is open, it's available to us, and it sort of fills in the gaps, if you were. Mm-hmm. We know very well, certainly from the Old Testament and other things, the, the fire of God as Father. Oh, yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. we also love the comfort and, and the nurturing aspect of Mother. So I think it's a very exciting concept, and I just feel good thinking about it because I know my mother loves me in spite of my many faults. I'm sure my father does too, but, you know, I don't know why, but it seems like the mother is is always there and welcoming you and helping you to understand the laws of the father and putting them into practice. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Well, where did we go wrong and lose this consciousness of the feminine aspect of God? I mean, can we blame it on Eve? <laughs> well, let's not blame everything on Eve. I okay. think Adam was part of that equation yeah, too. Yeah, he played, he played a role. You know, how have we lost our sensitivity to God as mother? And, you know, for instance, in the East, in the Hindu tradition, they never lost it. They always had that concept. Uh-huh. And, of course, through the, the Judeo-Christian ethic uh, tradition, you know, we do have that God as father. But I think we're also dealing now with a little what we call hatred of the mother in opposition to that. Because let's face it, the role of woman has been put down in in many societies and certainly in ours for the past 2,000 years and even beyond and that this male dominance, which I think began as a, obviously a physical dominance, uh, you know, unfolded into society, into government, into certainly religion, mm-hmm. as we see in the Catholic Church. You know, women are not worthy to be priests. And mm-hmm. so there is a certain weight of condemnation on them. So I think the teaching of the Santa Masters say, you know, the Father, Mother, God, we're equal before God. These are different aspects of God. And one isn't more important than the other, but they're both essential to understanding that. And I think one of these things, I think an example of where we've gone wrong so forth is sort of the, 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 the energy that's put on Mary Magdalene. You know, she's characterized in the Bible as a prostitute. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether that is true or not, um, I'm not sure that it was. And if you look at, there's a, a Gnostic gospel of Mary Magdalene where she's portrayed in a very different fashion. And it's interesting because Jesus considered her as one of her, his primary disciples. Yeah. And this didn't go over well with the men quite frankly. Uh So I don't know where we lost that, but it's time to put aside whatever the reasons were for it and honor God as mother and God as father in men and women. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, this will be the subject for another show, but I believe that all the women that surrounded Jesus have ascended and not all the apostles have yet. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) good good example. That'd be a lesson. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and this is a question that I'm not sure I even (laughs) stated properly, so you can help me out here if I... um, (laughs) 
if I kind of misstep. But how do we reconcile the blurring of sexual identification and gender roles with the understanding that we each possess both masculine and feminine aspects? And maybe a secondary question is, how do these aspects become unbalanced or one-sided in some people and not in others? Well, <clears throat> I'll answer the second one first, if I may. And that <laughs> is, one. you know, it's our karma. <laughs> it's our past choices. Whatever we've done in previous embodiments, the momentums we build will manifest today. Whoever we are today and whatever manifestation it is, is our creation. And so it may be out of balance because we made mistakes along the way. That doesn't mean they can't be corrected. We can't get into balance, but we are who we created. So it's not just happen chance. It's not just genetics. It's not just this is the way I am. Mm-hmm. It's for better or worse who we are or who we have created. So I, I think in understanding how do you reconcile the role of men and women, you have to go back to the beginning when we were created. And when God created us uh, in the oneness of our being, we are an endogenous being. We weren't masculine and feminine. And he actually divided us. And so we had a feminine side and a masculine side, and this is where twin flames come from. So we do have a predominance in one of us, and yet each one of us, the masculine and the feminine, as you suggested, Tom, have both both qualities in them. So it's a little bit tricky, if you will, but there is a polarity that's meant to exist there, an ultimate polarity with our twin flame, which really is, is they say it's your other half, and it literally is your other half. (laughs) Literally. And that's why you can't really feel that total wholeness. (laughs) Until you become one with your twin flame and both of you are ascended. So in, in, in some respects, having uh, certain tendencies, uh, masculine or feminine is quite natural. Uh huh. Within, right. with, within the totality of the wholeness of our being. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When we titled today's program, perhaps instead of calling it Our Mother Who Art in Heaven, uh, we should have said Our Father Who Art in Heaven and Our Mother Who Art on Earth. <laughs> now, isn't there a direct tie-in between the idea of God as Mother and the concept of Mother Earth? Well, absolutely. God is the spirit. Mother is the matter. Mater, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in Latin. So it, it's very understandable that that's the polarity of spirit and matter. And, of course, we're in the, the matter plane, so to speak, but also there's a part of us that's spirit. So you can go at many different levels at this, but honoring God as mother and respecting the earth and its resources and so forth Mm -hmm. is very much a part of that. And so you can see how even those that may not have a religious bent do honor God as mother in the earth. Yes. You know, and we're speaking of the, the masculine aspects of God here, the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as residing in and being realized through the secret chamber of our heart, you know, within our heart chakra, that the threefold flame. Where is the mother aspect located? The mother light is in the base of the spine chakra. It's referred to in the East as the Kundalini force. It's the energy of the sacred fire, the energy of procreation, of creation. And it's a very powerful energy. And what we have been instructed by the Ascended Masters to do is we want to raise up that energy. We want to raise it up to our heart chakra and meeting the light of the Father, which is in the crown chakra, mm-hmm. and becoming wholeness and becoming whole and one. Now, it's you know, there's a tradition in the East or a teaching on the Kundalini, Kundalini Yoga, which is artificially raising those energies. And the Ascended Masters have taught that can be very dangerous. In fact, if you're not ready, because it makes permanent whatever it, it sort of as it comes up, uh-huh. and if you're not whole, it's going to make your wholeness perfect, unwholeness, if you will, it, uh, permanent. And so people can actually go crazy if, uh, or go insane if this is, oh, so wow. it's not a path that's recommended to the masters. What they do recommend is the raising up the mother light 
by the giving of the rosary and other spiritual devotions. Mm-hmm. It's a very gentle and very soft way of doing it. And God will raise up that energy within you. Mm-hmm. And um, you can seek that union of the mother light and the mother force with the father. And that is where our wholeness comes from. Um, you know, we were talking about um, the location of the Kundalini as being the base of the spine. And I'm reminded that <clears throat> earlier in the show we talked about this. And we heard uh, Mrs. Prophet talk about it as well, that the mother is associated with the soul. Does that mother energy, that mother light, also exist in the seat of the soul chakra? Well, the the, the soul is the feminine counterpart of God, so right. to speak. It's the potential to become God. And so we think of that soul as the feminine aspect within our being that will unite with the Father. You know, the, the Christian tradition has the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a very interesting concept. That's not just for women, because our soul in men and women is the feminine counterpart, so to speak. And so you can see that the soul is meant to be the bride of Christ, to experience reunion with Christ, to become the Christ, and then with the I am presence through the ascension. That's a great point. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this location within our energetic being is a, is a sacred place and should be treated with respect and reverence, shouldn't it? I mean, we must find ways to encourage people to counter the misguided belief that if it feels good, do it, with the understanding that, these energies come directly from God and should be handled accordingly, shouldn't they? It is. And, you know, if people knew better, they would do better. Mm-hmm. But we're, there's so much propaganda, so much social pressure, so much advertising in the movies and everything that espouses this, this, this concept that, you know, this energy is yours to use as you will, experience it, do what you want, it doesn't matter as long as you aren't hurting anybody, et cetera, et cetera. We know that whole, whole spiel. <laughs> right. What is lacking is an understanding that this is sacred energy. And, you know, think of the word sex. It's the exchange of sacred energy. And so it should be treated with reverence and honor. And it's interesting, but, um, you know, we get so much of this. Mm-hmm. It's not unlimited. And those that squandered in their youth are very often lacking in old age because they've the energy is gone that they needed to conserve and to use. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance, you know. And I think the counterpoint of this is the, the old Christian tradition, you know, conceived in sin. In other words, it puts a weight of condemnation upon the conception of children, which is the most beautiful uh, aspect of a relationship between a man and a woman to bring forth this life. And there should be no condemnation on it, because when you bring that condemnation, quote-unquote, conceived in sin, you put <laughs> it on the child, even in the womb. Yeah. And so it's a balance. It's a harmony. It's understanding the flow of energy, the, the respect for this energy, the love of the energy, and the proper use of the energy. And that is what... The masters teach. It's the key to our own inner wholeness. It's the key to properly using that energy and, and for what is needed, whether it's procreation or creation in our life in other ways, and to have that energy to sustain us in later in life, too, when we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think that... It's a lot of stuff. It's, well, yes, I mean, it <laughs> is. And and I obviously, there's a lot of confusion and ignorance, uh, misapplication of this uh, whole concept around... Who do we appeal to to gain some clarity on this subject? Is there an angel? Is there a master? Is there somebody we can talk to? That- <laughs> well, I think any of the masters have an understanding of this and, and the angels and so forth. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Jesus' first miracle was at Cana. They sponsored wedding, the wedding mm-hmm. and the marriage and the union between man and woman. So you mm-hmm. can see it as a sacred and holy estate, literally. And it's interesting. The masters teach that we should always get married if you have this with a, from a minister or someone of a spiritual nature, because that sponsorship will come with that marriage. Whereas if it's just as a piece or some uh, other person does it, doesn't have the spiritual mantle, you don't get it. So mm-hmm. it's very simple, um, that there's a spiritual connotation to marriage. Um, so it's an understanding, you know, and I think what is 
what what is so hard is we've been the truth has been withheld from us of the beauty of this experience of the sharing of this love and this energy this mm-hmm. condemnation that's been put on people as sinners and so forth and then the other swing of the pendulum which is you know do what you want what's the difference you know <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. you know people really will do better if they know better if they get the truth they will say, this is the reason I need to conserve this energy, I need to honor and respect, and not be engaged in those things which are beneath the dignity of God and beneath the dignity of the soul. And so there is the right use of this energy, and there is the wrong use. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite clear. Thank you. Well, the misuse of our kundalini energies, our life force, can, as we've said, lead to a great depletion of our light, which you which you talked on there. Uh, is this what the fallen ones are after when they, uh, they encourage sexual permissiveness and experimentation in young people? Well, you know, again, I'll go back to marriage, which, again, people say, well, why do I need to be married? I love this person, you know. <coughs> yeah. Very logical. Yeah. But as I think, as we pointed out, marriage is a sponsored estate, so to speak, a sponsored relationship. And when you have that sponsorship, there becomes a circle of light and oneness around it, mm-hmm. and it's protected. So it does matter what we do. And so, um, you know, this idea of the sexual permissiveness and so forth and that nothing is really wrong you know, goes very much against not only the Judeo-Tradition ethic, but, you know, logic that tells us mm-hmm. if if we are not animals, if we are created in the image of God, then the sacred energy that God gives us must be treated with honor and respect and, and used for its purposes. Mm-hmm. And, again, we have a wholeness and experience there that we wouldn't have otherwise. You know, I recently saw a picture of uh, a woman who was a sex symbol during the 60s and 70s, if that's the right term, I so to speak, and she was very beautiful and so forth and very alluring. And she's now in her 70s, and I have to tell you, she almost looks grotesque. Mm-hmm. You know, she's disfigured, um, and of course, the energy that was on her by many people, I'm sure, was very negative. But you can see the difference, whereas you look at someone like Mother Teresa, she had wrinkles when she was old, but she radiated a beauty. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. can see the difference of yeah, what choices make. Yes. Well, on that note, I think we're going to need to take a break here, but don't go away, because when we return, we will continue our discussion of God as Mother with Sidney Bennett. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the masculine and feminine aspects of God. And I must say that the uh, peanut butter has uh, become a bit more diluted now. It feels more like maybe molasses or something. <laughs> I don't know if that's an improvement or not. Oh, it's an improvement, okay. definitely. Okay. Okay. Well, Sid, uh, one very key point that we've made today and want to continue to stress is that a recognition of and reverence for both the masculine and feminine aspects of God can be a key to restoring the moral and spiritual foundation of strong, balanced families and communities, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, as Mrs. Prophet said, the family is the foundation of both the Aquarian and the Piscean age we've just come through and the Aquarian we're going into. And it's, again, it's an understanding of who we are, how we were created in God as the masculine and feminine, and how we learn to take on both aspects in ourselves and the development of our spiritual path. And so there's a lot of things sort of riding on this concept. And, you know, you think of a very traditional Christian perspective on families, which we hear a lot in the media and so forth these days. But it goes beyond that, even though that is true, there's the reasons for it are much deeper. Mm-hmm. And when you understand that, you can see why it's absolutely essential to the evolution of the soul and to children being born into families to understand those two polarities and how they work. And, of course, ideally being instructed in the ways of God of who they really are and understanding, you know, what their role is, not only in society, but on the spiritual path and their goal of life. So that is in the ideal. That is how it would unfold. And I think, you know, I saw the other day the United States has now dropped below uh, replacement, I don't know, in terms of the birth rate. Yeah. And, of course, this is very distressing because some people feel, well, we've got so many people already. Why do we need more? Well, we need them because there are so many souls that need to be an embodiment. And I remember uh, we were told, this is back I don't know, in the 70s or 80s, I don't remember exactly, that for every soul of born, there's every soul that is born, there's 10 that are really want that spot. Oh, so yeah. it's not an easy thing to even get an embodiment. And so if people don't have children, then, of course, when they need to re-embody, their opportunity may be limited as well. So that's why it's important, if it's appropriate, if it's the desire of your heart, to have families and to bring forth these children, not only for your own wholeness and balance of karma, but for their opportunity as well and, you know, for your future. Well, do you remember that bumper sticker, Souls of Light are waiting to be born? Have one. Have one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's my understanding the the child actually brings their own abundance with them, so people shouldn't worry financially. Yeah, I mean, the birth rate goes down when the economy gets worse, but, you know, God's not going to give you a child without the opportunity to provide for that child. Yes. Understanding of the abundance of God. And, you know, I just want to interject one other thing here because obviously we're talking about families. And the path of the celibate is very much an honored path um, for the soul returning to God. I mean, mm-hmm. many people, their twin flame may be ascended already, and they want to focus within on that light and raising up that light in, in the celibate life. And that is very appropriate and very much a, a path unto God. So there's no condemnation if people don't feel called to have a family. We can be world mothers and world fathers if we can't have children, for instance, or if that isn't the situation we're in. So both paths are respected and honored, but I, I should say, too, that the path of the celibate should be by free will choice and not imposed upon someone by orthodox. Right. Well, when we talk about restoring the family through a clear understanding of the masculine and feminine aspects of God and how these same aspects exist in each of us, 
Uh, <laughs> it's not too much of a stretch to say that this is how our nation's moral compass will be restored, too, yeah? You know, people mm-hmm. are even questioning today, do we need a moral compass? You know, what's, what's you know, our values are being diluted, they're being, you know, pushed aside and so forth. And people say, well, why do we even need a moral compass? As long as I don't hurt anybody, what's wrong with what I do? Right. Well, again, it goes back to understanding who we are <clears throat> and why we need a moral compass. The effects of karma, if nothing else, to limit the amount of karma we make, <laughs> we need a moral compass, you know, if we don't want to get in a worse situation in our next embodiment. Right. So that's why the whole concept of family, the proper use of sacred energies, and the role of man and woman is so important to understanding our spiritual path and then that's reflected to society in general, because don't forget, we have our individual karma, and then there's national or inner or, or global karma, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't want it to go in the wrong direction, and unfortunately it is in many cases, because, as I said before, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said global, because we stress often in this program that the Ascended Masters are, you know, both East and West Luminaries. It's oneness, yeah. It's oneness, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about the Western concept of the Trinity, the masculine Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I think in Hinduism, isn't there a, an equivalent Trinity and perhaps even a mother principle? Well, there is. You have Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva in the Hindu tradition, which reflect Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the mother actually has many aspects of Hinduism. And I, I just want to interject something, if I may, Tom, here. Oh, and that course. is, you know, um, for a lot of people... <clears throat> they just think of Hinduism as pantheism and so forth and, and, you know, all these gods and goddesses and sort of like, you know, the Greeks and the Romans <laughs> and so forth. And it's important to understanding that even in Hinduism there is one god, mm-hmm. but there's different aspects of god. So don't let some of this terminology or imagery throw you off from the value, for instance, in the Hindu tradition. And I'll give an example of that. I can't remember which uh, Indiana Jones movie it was, but the Kali was in there and, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the one with the tongue sticking out and the right. expression on our face and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, that would that gives anybody a bad name. But <laughs> but um, don't think that they're necessary. Their representations are, are accurate. They're more symbolic than anything else. But it respects, excuse me, it represents, you know, the, the, the energy of God, excuse me, of mother, not just as the nurturing, loving one, but as the one in defense of their young. And if you've ever seen anyone, even the animal kingdom, a mother in defense of bear of their cubs, or I had the experience of, of oh, an yeah. elephant and a baby elephant getting between them. And I got to tell you, <laughs> the mother is no longer gentle and nurturing. She is going to defend her, her offspring. And there is an aspect of the mother principle of God that does that, that says, I am not going to allow this to be put upon my children on planet Earth. And so you never want to get on the wrong side of the Divine Mother, I can tell you, because the wrath of God can manifest to the Divine Mother in defense of her children. So that's the other aspect of of God as Mother that may be more reflected in the Eastern tradition, but in defense of the soul and the path, because we need defending, uh, and our souls need defending with what's going on right now on this planet. I hear you. (laughs) Well, thanks for kind of taking us down that path, Sid. I, I think it's important to, you know, for all of us to realize that this, this belief in the divine feminine is shared around the world and obviously an important awareness for all sincere spiritual seekers to maintain. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel that the age of Aquarius that we've just entered is destined to be the age of the rise of the feminine principle, God as mother? Absolutely. And that's what the ascended masters teach. And of course, as Mrs. Prophet noted, we can see that in society and reflecting of, of the role of woman being increasing, not only in our Western society, but also in the Eastern traditions, too. You know, it used to be women were regarded as chattels, as property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank God that's changing, not mm-hmm. only in, in this country and obviously in, in, in many of the third world countries where the role of woman is being honored in a different way. And, of course, that's a that's a physical reflection of the spiritual counterpart of the increasing role of woman 
uh, in the inquiry age. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's go back to the subject of family. Uh, I, we all have them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, understanding that the family is the cornerstone of society, as it were. Um, this family concept, uh, we were hearing this before, is the crucible of soul testing and initiation. And families are meant to be the conduit for Christ consciousness, aren't they? Indeed. Uh, you think as, uh, you know, the father and the mother, polarities of God, and of course, the son or the Christ. And that can be in a literal sense with the physical children that are born unto you, but also bringing forth in our own spiritual path of those two sides coming together and the reunion, the union with the Christ consciousness. And, you know, I, let's not get overwhelmed here by some of these details. Um, you know, yep. <laughs> these teachings are important to understand and the role of man and woman and society and in a spiritual sense. But ultimately, it is the pure heart, it's the love of God that will get us where we need to go. And what is so tremendous about these teachings is they put things in context and perspective and fill in the blanks. You know, so much <laughs> of Christendom, and I, I yeah. think, you know, as, as you know, I've shared with you before, I grew up in a Pentecostal Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have tremendous faith. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. They try to answer, but they really don't. Um, and so the beauty of the Ascended Master's teachings is it does fill in all these gaps because it gives you understanding where it isn't there. And you just don't have to hear, well, take it on faith, or that's the way it is, or whatever. Right. And, and so this is the, this is the wonderful nature of these teachings uh, to give us that illumination. You know, I read recently, I was looking at a, uh, a Christian uh, book study program. And someone wrote in, uh, was on the Bible, and someone wrote in and said, well, this is all wrong because if you read in, I forget one of the, the letters, you know, that the role of women in church is churches basically sit down and be quiet. You know? <laughs> oh, and they were just a little interpretation of the Bible, not understanding the cultural nature of the times and so forth. So you can get caught up in that, you know, which is, which is that fundamentalism that, that really doesn't reflect the true inner teaching that isn't always there in some of the other traditions of the churches. You know, it's interesting that lately there's been this concept discussed on the political um, channels about the low-information voter. <laughs> if you've heard that concept or that term, that a lot of the people voting really don't know very much about what they're voting for or who uh-huh. they're voting for. Oh, I recognize that name. Well, I think you might have just kind of opened the door a little bit to the concept of the low-information Christian, and forgive me if I insult anybody, <laughs> but there's a point where um, if people really were open to it, They'd understand that the letter of the law killeth, and the spirit of the law giveth life, and that there's a spirit behind what we're talking about today that's pervasive. It pervades all of life. All of the choices we make on the spiritual path revolve around the spirit of this oneness and this recognition of our wholeness, not necessarily how intricately we observe it. Well, and that's true. And, you know, we need to get away from fanaticism and the fundamentalism that says, if I cross every T and do this, God has to save me. Yeah. And that's kind of their philosophy. If I do this... He has to save me. You know, I don't know that I'd say God has to do anything, (laughs) quite frankly. But the other side of that coin is I can do anything and God loves me. There you go. So so the beauty of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, again, is they put things in context and understanding. We've talked in this this past on this show, for instance, about alcohol Mm -hmm. and and what is the proper use or what is the inappropriate use. And, And not just whether it's a sin, but what it does to you spiritually. So information is very valuable. And again, with the, with the understanding of family, the understanding of the use of the sacred fire, the energies of procreation, what is the proper use? What is not the proper use? Not in the sense of what is sin and what is, you know, not sin, but of understanding the laws of God. And this is, this is, you know, so exciting because if people knew better, they would do better. And people, you know, are open to the truth. And unfortunately, some people aren't looking for it because maybe they don't know what's out there. Yeah. And they've satisfied themselves with an orthodoxy that has a lot of gaps in it, 
but because of the purity of their hearts and their devotion, you know, they are able to continue. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful and pure people in every one of the Christian churches worldwide. Their theology may be a bit off and they don't have the truth, but the purity of their hearts is so great that it does afford them a great, wonderful spiritual experience. But they don't have the violet flame. They have not sought that extra knowledge that will be the increment that will make a tremendous difference in their lives. They think, I'm saved, there's nothing more to do except perhaps to be a good person, to love God. And that's why the teachings of the Ascended Masters are so vital and so essential for our spiritual paths today because they they give us the truth and the understanding, and most importantly, that we have to do something. It's not just saying, I love you, Jesus, take me home. Mm -hmm. We have to walk a path, we have to balance our karma, we have to fulfill our divine plan, and only then will we return home in the fullness and oneness of God. And that's a perfect note to end the show, I think. Uh, Sid, thank you so much. Uh, another hour has just kind of come and gone, and we're ready to uh, move on to the next show. Yes, and we want to thank all of you out there for joining us today. We hope you find these subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.